Dave Gentry, C.W. Greer, and local attorney Steve Beckett with us this morning. Stephen, how you doing, sir? Hang on a second here. Let me... I'm fine. There you go. It's, it's always you. good to see you guys. Thank you. Always good. Good to see you, too. Well, we had all kinds of stuff going yesterday, yesterday and last was night. A, yesterday was a was a big news day, that's for sure. So between the Supreme Court and the House Select Committee uh, hearing, there was a, a lot to swallow, there, a lot to consider. There was at that. And explain to me what's going on in the state of New York now with the Supreme Court. Doesn't that... Well, it, it creates uh, uh, an obvious uh, mess. You know, we have a 108-year-old law that you felt, if you're a New Yorker, that you felt was uh, very, very appropriate to control uh, guns in the communities. Um, and the difference between New York's law and our law, let's just talk about concealed yeah. carry, New York's law was a May-issue law, and so it gave... Uh, those who had the responsibility of issuing licenses, the authority to deny a license, um, and that was the problem, as opposed to our law, which is a shall-issue law. And that means that if you complete these requirements, one, two, three, four, five, mental health background check, uh, uh, gun training, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, and then you get a license. In New York, you might get a license. And so the discretion in the governmental authority about giving a life, getting a license. And I equate that, we have similar situation in the First Amendment. And so let's say you wanted to have a parade. Uh, in the old days, there would be a law that said, well, you have to be of good moral character to be ever able to get a permit for a parade. Well, that meant that the people issuing the permits got this subjective judgment thing about you as opposed to an objective factor, you know, was their training, for exa mm -hmm. example. And so that's, that's the difference. Those laws, those First Amendment licensing cases, you know, go back years and years and years. That's what the, the decision did yesterday. It put the Second Amendment, again, on par with the First Amendment and, and issues related to the First Amendment. And Thomas specifically says that, you know, it's like the Second Amendment is not an inferior right to other constitutional rights. That's mm -hmm. the premise here. But the concurring justices uh, made sure that we knew that this really is nothing different than the original decisions rec uh, recognizing Second Amendment rights. Uh, there still can be regulations of guns, but they just have to be the right kinds of regulations, and they have to be fact-based regulations. That's interesting to yes. see because we've got that on one side, and on the other side we've got the Senate passing the bipartisan gun violence legislation. They just don't seem compatible, do they? Well, um, it depends on what the factual findings are in support of the legislation um, and what the the argued use of power is. Uh, there was a Supreme Court decision many years ago where the Senate attempted, or Congress attempted to use the Commerce Clause uh, to regulate guns being present at schools, and that was struck down. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Uh, you know, given the makeup of the Supreme Court, um, you know, you wonder whether or not any gun legislation is dead on arrival because 
there's at least uh, five justices there who are going to find a way to say, uh, save our guns. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's going to be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. with that, though, and I don't know what will happen next with that, with the, uh, I mean, because you've got uh, the Senate saying one thing, you've got the House saying something else, they come together and pass something, so we'll see what happens with them. Well, um, I would say that by far the great majority of Americans have a sense of relief that Congress did anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good point. Yeah, They were talking about that they hadn't passed any legislation for like 30 or 40 years. Is that I think I'm going to say the Brady Bills in my lifetime. That's right. the last thing I remember about uh, gun I guess, regulation. I guess. And that, that was in the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds about right, about 30 years. So. Was that in the 90s or in the 80s? Uh, well, you know. Because uh, Reagan was shot and Brady was shot and everything. In yeah, 81. I know. They were, sh- they were shot in 81. But um, it took a while for it them. It took to a while for them to do things. I think yeah. CW is right. I think it took a while. I, oh, you know. yeah. I want to say 91 or 92 yeah. is what I'm thinking. But is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I've got a question, uh, you know, talking about Illinois' concealed carry laws and New York's. So what about reciprocal agreements between states then? Are there any reciprocal agreements on those types of things? And could there be or can there be now with that kind of ruling? Uh, You know, there are reciprocal agreements among states in uniform laws regarding driver's license. Okay. (laughs) There's no such thing as uniform laws regarding gun regulation. Okay. Okay. So as far as I know, there is no reciprocity. So, uh, you know... uh, for example, I could go to Indiana, right. comply with their laws, and buy an AR-15 and bring it back to Illinois. Now, my possession in Illinois might be illegal, but I bought the gun legally, you know. And so, so there's then the question, of- you know, and the the key to the, the gun issue appears to be possession of a gun for purposes of self-defense. Mm-hmm. That's the so-called constitutional right. Okay. Well, yesterday's January 6th House Committee public hearing focused on then-President Trump's push to get Justice Department to help overturn the results of the 2020 election. Now, we've heard a lot of this stuff before, but when they start going through it bit well, by bit by bit, and you see exactly how this all went down, it's pretty hear, amazing to see. I hear many Trump supporters, including callers to this radio station, saying there's nothing new here. Why are they doing this? What a waste of time. Why have a select committee in the first place? And um, one of my responses would be, do you remember the Senate Watergate hearings? I think they accomplished a lot for our nation. I don't hear anybody criticizing the fact that there were Senate Watergate hearings. This is a white-collar criminal enterprise. Um, my experience as a lawyer in defending people charged in white-collar cases is these investigations take a long time. Uh, they get into the minutia of the criminal behavior. They even look at meetings like what would have been the Sunday evening massacre mm-hmm. uh, when those people were called into the mm-hmm. Oval Office for Jeff Clark to be appointed, this no-name, incompetent justice lawyer to become the Attorney General of the United States because he would press former President Trump's lies about the election. Oh my God. And so thank goodness for the men who stood up to the president 
including his own counsel, by the way, who said, no, this is wrong. And, and uh, to send that letter out to the states telling them that the, the Justice Department has found significant issue with electoral process and you need to select a different slate of electors? That's pretty is this crazy. A, is this a comic book? Yeah, that's Are what we it, in Marvel Magazine? <laughs> it does sound that way, but I'll tell you, when it was all going on, you just, you'd just hear stuff leaked out day after day, and you were like, what yeah, are they but doing? But it was nothing. The leaks that we've had in the media over there is just n- nothing as cohesive as what we've seen in these hearings and oh, why yeah. I think they're so uh, compelling. The other thing I find compelling about them and uh, – in response to the critics, is that the the by far the the majority of the information are coming from Republicans who supported Trump. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are coming forward. Uh, as I indicated to you before we started, uh, Rusty Bowers from Arizona. That's the kind of uh, elected official I want. I don't care Republican or Democrat. Yeah. That's the kind of elected mm-hmm. official I want. When the oath that he takes actually means something to him, and he will not respond and do something wrong. I think he wrote in his diary, I don't want to win if I have to cheat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, I think for yeah. us as, as humans, we have a good sense of right and wrong, and that's what ought to be driving us is principled decisions regarding right and wrong. Mm-hmm. I think what a lot of Republicans would like to do right now is just close their ears and move on. They're they're saying this happened two years ago, but it could happen again. Yeah. And Trump could end up being the candidate again. Yes, he Who could. knows? I, I go back to my experience during uh, the Watergate hearings and the whole Nixon impeachment mess. I had really, really good friends who were Republicans, who were big Nixon supporters, mm-hmm. and they would defend him, et cetera. And then, boom, the smoking gun came out, the, the tape where he was talking about using the CIA. Mm-hmm. And Barry Goldwater wouldn't even support him. And all of a sudden, you know, they had to go, you know, I think you're right. Um, I'm not sure we're ever going to get that with Trump supporters. I, that, I know you know, either. I think you're right. Uh, because to them, it's all just the Democrats and a political conspiracy to try to, you know, tell lies about their man. But I, I'm sorry, that's not right. You're they, wrong. You're just wrong. They just want to, uh, in the case of uh, what's-his-face, they were just going to put him in as head of the Justice Department right. so he would sign the letter to go to all the right. state committees. Well, like, then that, that made that made January 6th make sense. If that letter goes out yeah. and the states create some sort of kerfuff, kerfluffle that we <laughs> all know about, then that gives Pence the cover mm-hmm. to be able to say, we got a problem with the certification process. Mm-hmm. I thought even more interesting last night after what came out yesterday that in last night's gubernatorial debate, none of the candidates distanced themselves last night from trying. In fact, the question came up about that. Mm -hmm. You're seeking. And they all Sullivan, Bailey, uh, Rabine and. um, Now, I can't think of the fourth candidate. Anyway, Mm -hmm. they they all were like, well, yeah, you you know, we'll you know, we went to support and I model myself. I mean, they all. All four. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm listening to this going, Do you? did you listen to the news before you even got to the debate last night? I don't know. People just have a way of putting on the blinders when they get around Trump. Yeah. And well, I, 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 uh, I truly, truly believe that 
Uh, Rusty Bowers um, is a Republican, and he's the kind of Republican that uh, I respect and appreciate. And uh, Donald Trump is a rhino. <laughs> a rhino. Okay. An environmental. As, as the friends <laughs> of mine who used to criticize me, he's a Trumpocrat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> An environmental attorney who was the leader of the Justice Department Civil Division, Jeffrey Clark, was introduced to Trump by Republican Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, who became an advocate of election fraud claims, who also pushed Justice Department leaders to take action, drafting a letter for them to sign that falsely said they'd found evidence of fraud. That's what the whole thing was about yesterday. Incredible. And uh, the deputy attorney general said... uh, Go back to your office. We'll call you when there's an oil spill. (laughs) Exactly. Here's one for you. According to testimony yesterday, Republican representatives uh, Perry, Andy Biggs, Mo Brooks, Matt Gates, Louis Gohmert, and Marjorie Taylor Greene asked for pardons for their roles in the effort to overturn the election. Perry and Biggs denied asking for a pardon. Guilty conscience, huh? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) But uh, as they were saying on their last night, you must know you did something if you're mm-hmm. asking for a pardon. Yeah, I thought adding Adam uh, Kinzinger uh, came off very, very, very well yesterday. Very good. It's too bad he's not going to be able to. Yeah, well, do I'm hoping he it. has uh, some future. I think he he's a very uh, principled uh, guy, and uh, uh, you know, Liz Cheney, same, yeah, same. Uh, I mean, I realize that the, the regular uh, Republicans or the Trumpocrats. Don't care for Liz Cheney, but um, I have a lot of respect for her, too. All right. I can't believe it. We're out of time. Before we let Steve go, I got a note that said, today is your birthday, my friend. You know, I did see that on uh, Isn't it? Uh, well, we have them, don't we? Yes, we all do. We do. Yeah. We do. Well, this is my uh, 74th. That doesn't seem yeah. possible. It To me, either. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Well, thank you. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate it, buddy.